So Paul says to be carnally minded is death and to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And again, this is not a threat, as I said yesterday. So how do we get into it and, and what's the process and what it, what's it like? Let's look into that, shall we? Colin Cook here and how it happens. Thanks so much for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel described by Paul in the book of Romans, which we explore every year and a half or so. You're listening to this broadcast on KLTT, that's AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. You may be listening at 10 in the evening or maybe at 4 in the morning if you're so brave. And by the way, uh, we will be getting back on to SoundCloud. I'm just nego- uh, contacting regularly every day, every morning actually, SoundCloud, and they're trying to fix a glitch in their system that has prevented me from getting onto my uh, uploading page. So um, be patient, will you? Thank you, and uh, uh, we'll do that for you. So here we are with this verse. Now remember the context. The chapter, uh, chapter 8 is all about life in Christ, life in the kingdom of grace, freedom from the power of death. We all die, of course, but we are freed from the power of death in the sense that we will rise again and death will have no more power over us. In addition to that, we believe that in Christ now, the reign of death has ended. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. You see, Paul describes two kingdoms, the kingdom of Adam, which is sin and death, and the kingdom of Christ, which is life and righteousness and peace. Christ has broken the powers of sin. So all the world is now brought into his realm as he continues to train them or to initiate in them faith. Faith, remember, is a gift from God. It is not conjured up by our own minds. But now, how does it really work, you know, in the day-to-day humdrum and chaos of the world? I talked about this a little bit yesterday, but it needs more exploration, doesn't it? I mean, think of an average day. You go to work, there's all the frustration of driving to work and the traffic and the and people driving as if they were on five cups of coffee and uh, cutting in and getting angry and what have you. And then there are the frustrations of the day when things don't work out according to the plan that you had and your bosses are irritated with you and... and um, Customers are are dissatisfied, and on it goes. And then you come home, and you'd like to be at peace and rest, but then you've got the kids to deal with or uh, some other um, uh, issues that are bothering you, and you you just don't seem to be able to handle it all. You can't cope. Now, the question is whether you believe or feel or have the outlook of being in the kingdom of Adam with its sin and death and all the chaos, or whether you feel or believe that you are in the kingdom of Christ. Now, let's not fool ourselves. The gospel isn't pie in the sky. It's real, and it's all about how we live by faith in this broken-down world of ours. 
But we can't deny that there is chaos all around and there is sin and death. And Satan is behind it. Now, the thing is that many Christians act as if Satan were more busy than God, and as if Satan had the upper hand and God's constantly trying to react and sort out the mess and prevent him from doing too much and all of that sort of thing. But the kingdom, but the gospel does not present that kind of picture, does it? Christ said, All power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He also said, Satan has nothing in him. He gained the victory. He says in John, I think it is chapter 16, verse 33, In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer or take heart, I have overcome the world. Now that's a kind of curious statement, but because how does his victory enable me to have good cheer about my chaos? But you see, what Jesus is saying is that because he has overcome the world and all power is given to him in heaven and on, and on earth, then all power is in his control, and that includes Satan's power. You remember when you turn to the book of uh, Job that Satan presents himself before God. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? And they have a conversation about this, and Satan says, well, does Job fear you for naught? Touch his flesh and all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. Now, what's interesting about that, is, apart from the story of Job itself, is that it implies, it seems, that Satan cannot move, cannot lift a little finger without the authority of God. He sort of has to bargain with God. I know it's a very uh, humanistic, or rather human, portrayal of God and Satan, but there's a message behind it, and the message behind it is that God, through his Son Christ, even though Christ had to yet come to the world in thousand, two, three thousand years later, nevertheless, that victory that Christ gained over the powers of evil is retroactive to the creation of the world, Christ who was slain from the creation of the world the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. And so that victory goes right back to the Garden of Eden. And thus Satan finds himself in a bind. In fact, Jesus, in Mark chapter 4, I think it is, spoke of being like a robber and a thief who enters a house at night and binds the owner before he can release the captives. Now, the owner of that house is Satan, and Jesus is the robber, and he breaks into Christ's king, uh, Satan's kingdom and binds the owner of the house in order to release the slaves or servants of that house. So, you see, the gospel is presenting a picture that says Christ reigns. Christ reigns in victory, 
in righteousness, in grace, in forgiveness, in mercy, in the ability to turn everything that is against us into our favor. I remember when I was a young kid and I have had polio in my right leg and I would sort of hop along, you know, and my dad and I and my brother would be running for the bus because we were a little little bit late in getting to the bus stop and the bus was already coming down the street and he, dad in his humorous way would say, keep going, son, everything against us, in, is, everything in our favor is against us. That's how he would say it, everything in our favor is against us and then he would chuckle. And... I realized years later when I became a Christian that the very opposite is true. Everything against us is in our favor. Because God's grace is able to take the consequences of Satan's actions and transform those consequences into blessings. Now, this is the backdrop, the, the paradigm in which this verse Rests, verse 6 of chapter 8 of Romans. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This is not, as I say, a threat. It's Paul explaining how it works. You see, if we don't believe that Christ has gained the victory and as, as, is able to turn all those things that are against us into our favor, then we are carnally minded. Carnally minded doesn't mean just, you know, running after drugs or sex or booze. Carnally minded is thinking in terms of the world under the kingdom of Adam, of the world under the kingdom, under the power of the kingdom of Satan, of the world in chaos and everything that will go wrong, or rather everything that can go wrong will go wrong, and that's how we see things. But that's carnally minded, and it has a deathly influence on our minds. Now, I'm not telling you that we can see things in the right way every minute of the day. I confess to getting stressed and worried. I don't panic usually, but I do get stressed and I do worry. And I recognize then that I'm not seeing the kingdom of Christ in front of me with all the, what's going on, but I'm seeing the kingdom of Satan. I'm seeing the kingdom of Adam. And so then my faith has to kick in. Father, I'm giving thanks to you right now that all this trouble is under your control, and you are going to turn it into a blessing. Now, you may not necessarily see a change in circumstances. The blessing that may come to you is the training of your faith. The blessing that may come to you is the moment or the occasion for, for turning to God in prayer and praise and thanks. Do you see? So it doesn't necessarily mean that the circumstances change, but that your growth in Christ increases. On the other hand, the circumstances may indeed change, and that's wonderful if they do. But don't look for circumstances to change. Look simply for your connection with Christ in faith to increase. So this is what it, some, uh, some of it, I mean, some, this is what some of it means to be 
spiritually minded in life and peace, for to be carnally minded is death. That's the world. The world is cursing everything that goes on. The world is using uh, uh, swear words every other moment. But we, by faith, lift up our hearts and give thanks to God because we're seeing a kingdom that is invisible and a kingdom a kingdom that has invaded this world and interacts with it to limit its effects and to transform its consequences into blessings for us because we now know that we reign with Christ over these forces. Do you see how that works then? So we've got to be enormously practical with these verses. They don't they can't simply float up there in religious sanctimonious terminologies. They must be brought right down where the rubber meets the road. We must be able to see that God is secular. Now that may sound very very um sacrilegious almost, but God is in the world that we live in, and he works, he rolls up his sleeves, as it were, and he works with us, and he comes by the side of us through his Holy Spirit, and he assures us that he can transform the things that are carnal previously to us and are now spiritual because of the faith that he has given us that enables us to see. If you'd like to make a donation to cover the broadcast tonight, you're most welcome to do so. Each broadcast costs $39 per 15 minutes. A couple of people yesterday sent me a donation, uh, one at $40, the other at $39, and in the note of one uh, person's uh, letter was 15 minutes of broadcast. Yes, that's right. And if you'd like to cover a week's broadcasts, that's about uh, $200, $195 actually. And a month's broadcasts is, uh, what, about $850 to $900. You can make your donation by sending it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or online at faithquestradio.com. See you next time then. Cheerio and God bless.